Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me. Is there a reason why seemingly good people do bad things? Well, in this podcast, I'd like to examine various psychological forces that encourage us to commit negative acts, and why some people may have little to no acknowledgement of the potential damage that they cause. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Year 13 Biology student Jess B for conducting the research and providing the content for me to use for this particular podcast. I guess the most obvious question one must ask is, what exactly constitutes a good person? And what technically is classed as a bad thing or act? Well, Riggio's study of 2016 suggests that a good person is one that follows the rules. Upholding the law without committing crimes, lying or cheating also arguing that a good person should leave the world a better place. Another interpretation is that goodness is about trying to do the right thing and make choices that improve the quality of life, not just for yourself, but for others. It seems logical, therefore, to combine elements of both. A person who strives to improve both their lives and the lives of other people, upholding the law set in place while also aiming to achieve justice, and having the courage to do the right thing while maintaining temperance. So how would you, the listener, define a bad thing or a bad act? So when I say the words bad act, what springs to mind? Breaking the law, perhaps. Intentionally engaging in an act that is knowingly unlawful. As I allude to numerous times in the Forensics podcast that I record on this channel, not every crime, though, is committed with a malicious intent. I'm, I'm thinking of those persecuted or prosecuted rather, who have claimed to have acted in self-defence. A legal perspective of a bad act should therefore be viewed alongside the intention of an act when trying to reach a definition. So for most people, I think a bad thing or act is one which intentionally causes suffering, pain or distress perhaps to another person, quite possibly via unlawful means, with malicious intent. C.S. Lewis famously suggested that integrity is doing the right thing, even when no one is watching. But why do we as humans often fail to maintain such strong moral principles? I realise that's quite a controversial statement in itself. Cognitive dissonance is perhaps one of the strongest psychological forces that drives human behaviour, being the discomfort that humans feel internally when experiencing two contradictory opinions. It also occurs when a person's behaviour is inconsistent, let's say, with their beliefs, such as someone who believes they are a good person debating with themselves, if you like, over a bad act that they may have committed. Due to this internal conflict, a person is likely to forget their immoral behaviour in order to remove the inconsistency, let's say. Then there's the compensation effect. There is a tendency for people to assume that they accumulate moral capital as such, and this leads them to believe that all of their good actions will balance out the occasional bad one. Think about something as simple as rewarding ourselves with a bar of chocolate after a week of eating healthily. Although this example is unlikely to have perhaps sprung to mind back at the start of the podcast when I said to think about a bad thing, it only comes about when we uh, persuade ourselves 
that we deserve this kind of break from the prolonged uh, goodness, let's say. And it is bad in terms of hindering the personal goals which may have been set. This psychological theory is perhaps most applicable to the damage we as people do on a daily basis to the environment. You might be rather militant about recycling items, making sure that rubbish is put into the right bins, but then you drive to work rather than taking public transport. Again, I'm just giving one example here. Two linking psychological forces are the pressure to conform and obedience to authority, both of which are known to have a powerful impact on what we regard to be good people. It is proven that the pressure to conform is more powerful than any internal feelings of morality than an individual may have. An individual is therefore far more likely to involve themselves potentially in bad acts or bad things, as opposed to standing out and having the courage to do the right thing. Let's for a moment think about gang mentality. According to Greg Boyle, founder of the largest gang intervention and rehabilitation program in the US, no kid is ever seeking anything when they join a gang. Kids are always fleeing something. Gang violence amongst teens is prominent, largely due to the peer pressure that they face once they're involved, leaving them unable to follow their moral conscience. Similarly, Obedience to authority often leaves people feeling less responsible for their unethical actions as they deem themselves unable to act otherwise. Acting under direction from an authoritative figure also reduces the guilt that people feel. So many who have committed bad acts or bad things under authority would still deem themselves as that good person. Often cases such as this involve what we call moral disengagement, where a person provides themselves with justifications for their behaviour, arguing that they in a way were told to do it, essentially to reduce their conflicting moral opinions. I think most people would agree that Hitler was skilled at engineering the norms in Germany, making it easy for normal civilians to justify any atrocities they committed. I mean, as the Nazi regime grew, even those of a very young age had to participate in the war effort. Just think about the sheer volume of propaganda they were exposed to, the nature of schooling, normalising events and encouraging others to contribute to immoral acts. There is a school of thought that questions how one can believe that they're doing wrong if it has become part of their just day-to-day life, or if it's essentially all they've ever known. As behavioural scientist Kulan Abendroth-Dias noted in 2018, Germans would have looked upon themselves as good people, doing what they had to to sacrifice the few for the many as such, and protect their livelihoods. It has been argued that there is a tendency for people to act in a way that mirrors the way that they've been treated, particularly in childhood. This is referred to as the Pygmalion effect. What turns a hurt child into a violent adult? Arguably everybody is born a good person, but surely their life experiences shape the way they act. In cases of crime and criminal acts, it's often those who commit the most violent offences who recall the most traumatic experiences from their childhood. Aggression in the family, early life neglect, exposure to prejudice or racism and bullying all encouraging them to resort to bad acts. If you look into the life of any violent individual, you are likely to see a past darkened by extreme moments of terror 
and suffering. That's according to Lisa Firestone, PhD, clinical psychologist, author, and the director of research and education for uh, the Glendon Association. In 2015, she carried out an assessment of men from a series of high-security prisons. They were questioned as to why they became violent, with, and I'm quoting here, every single person responding with a horrific tale of trauma in their childhood. Arguably, the good person that they once were has been suppressed as a result of the trauma. Again, one must raise the question, how can you truly know what you are doing is morally wrong if you're basing your actions of what, or the way you were treated in childhood, a period of learning and supposedly nurture? A new normal is perhaps created and that person gains a new meaning of what is right and what is wrong, leaving them totally unable to judge their actions as good or bad in the sense that everyone else does. We are all born with the neural architecture and ability to develop empathy and compassion. But to remain a good person, we must all have a series of positive experiences throughout our lives. I don't really think there is a clear-cut answer to the question, why do good people do bad things? I guess, taking everything I've mentioned into account, all we can really say is that perhaps, to our own detriment, we're only human. On that note, I'd like to say again a big thank you to Jess B for the work she carried out for this podcast, and a thank you to everyone else for listening. Until next time.